All right, we're live, you know what I mean? I know it said like 69 minutes or whatever when you guys hopped on, but uh, I just put that there because, you know, it's like a safety net just in case we don't start on time. You know, we have a safety net. But now we're here, we're live, Dan is here. And uh, that was a that was one of the craziest events because every fight ended in a finish, Dan. You know, do you enjoy those types of events, finish after finish after finish? Or do you like fights that last for 15 minutes and they're grueling and and tough to watch nah it just depends how it plays out like i enjoy um just the fight you're able to follow like from for for mine my favorite fight um was the jeff neil versus vicente luque fight like when when it's like high level fighting when uh like two fighters have to constantly adjust and we saw that you know like jeff neil well vicente luque was pressuring in Jeff Neal was like intercepting him with a straight left hand, which he was just walking onto. So he made a good adjustment in the second round by taking that half a step back and then fighting from kicking range, which essentially takes away that intercept left hand that kept kept catching him. Then obviously Jeff Neal um, started coming forward with it and pressuring a bit, uh, bit more in the third round. So it's like an adjustment every round and it's like... Uh, like a fight that you can follow too. Like it's like easy to follow. Like those, those kind of fights entertain me anyway. Like the main event, they're just kind of, um, yeah, like just a bit messy at times. Like they're good. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Like it, it, it's good to watch, but nothing quite like, nothing keeps me more entertained where like there's two high level guys like constantly, constantly having to adjust like the, um, yeah, but uh, like messy fights, like like good to watch, and your average Joe like sits there and he's clapping his hands and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, they don't really keep me as as like hooked into the TV. It's like the same as like commentating when you're like commentating a fight and it's like a good fight and it's back and forth and there's adjustments and it's easy like it's easy to sit there when it's high level and like read the two fighters when it's like just two guys trying to hit each other it's quite it's actually quite hard to commentate it because you're <laughs> like how do you explain it like they're just it's just two blokes like the main event like, there's two blokes kind of trying to punch each other in the head like there's not much you can say about it like it is what it is and you can hear um santos's corner saying less less bar brawling and more takedowns <laughs> For real, that, that is, I think that's exactly what he said, right? You're not in a bar fight, you're in a, you know, you're in a cage and you're a, competing. And, a, and a, at points it looked like, yeah, I've seen, yeah, I've seen more technical bar fights in, in um, a couple of those rounds. Like, but it's good to watch. Like, if you're an average fan, it's quite, it's quite good to watch, right? Like two guys swinging, like they can relate to that, you know. Everyone's seen a bar fight once or twice yeah. in their life, and probably been in a few. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it is, right? Probably. That's part of life. Like, you need to at least get into one bar fight as a as an adult <laughs> to be an adult, right? Like, that's the rules that they made. <laughs> that's the rules they made. <laughs> that's the rules. Well, I've definitely been in a uh, fair few more than one. So I'm, I'm, I think I've, I'm, I've got enough on my tally, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Well... When you look at Santos, right, and if you look at his performances throughout the years, the reason we love him and the way he fights is because he gets into those bar brawl type oh. of fights from time to time. You know what I mean? And and that's what he's known for. That's what excites us. That's what gets the fans paying attention. 
And, you know, I think in this camp, most likely that's what they told Santos. Like, hey, you can't get caught up in those barbells. And that's what the corner advice was the same exact thing to remind him. And then he switched it up, right? Is that when he switched it up to, to get the takedowns? That was a Yeah, yeah. Run. And then I, I just feel like he just went over, overboard. Like the takedowns could have been timed a bit better. Like he just kind of mm -hmm. started – he just kind of started hitting the spam button, right? Like he was just like just spamming shots. And it's like maybe if that was like the fifth round and that's like all you had left as an option, that would probably be a better option. But like there was still three rounds to go. Like that was not – there was a like – it was a little bit early to lose your composure like that and just start like spamming the shots and wasting energy on like failed takedowns. Like if you would have um, kind of calculated that a bit more, like time those takedowns – a little bit better he probably would have had no like from from mine watching the finish like he purely just got finished because he like gassed out right like he just yeah. his his body and i'm not saying you can't like recover from that but it's credit to um jamal hill for, for turning up the pace at the right time like he sensed that uh santos had kind of hit a wall and he was trying to fight his way through it or just needed who knows how long 20 seconds 30 seconds 40 seconds um of like some ground time just to get his wind back and, and recover and push through that wall. But Jamal Hill like timed it perfectly and just put the pace on. But yeah, to mine, like it's not like he was hurt so bad, like his body shut down. His just mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's, it's hard to understand unless you've been in that exact situation where like I've, I've been in fights like very early on my career. where like holding your hands up hurts more than getting punched in the face. Like that was like, <laughs> Like my second or third fight, like I ever had, and I remember being in there, and I remember the feeling of being that exhausted, where the other guys are like hitting you, and you're just like, your corner's screaming at you, like, put your hands up, put your hands up, and you're just like, oh, oh like it feels like you've got like a, you know, <laughs> you're holding like a boulder, like the strong man, the strong it's man, so heavy, like it's so, I'm like. It's too heavy, and you're just like, this hurts so much. You put them down, and the guy keeps hitting you in the head, and you're like, this is actually not that bad. Like, I can live with this. Like, this is so. It's it's hard to have actually been there. You know what I mean? Like, you, mm -hmm. if you if you've never been so tired in your life that getting punched in the face hurts less more than doing this, like. It's very hard to relate to how Santos was feeling at that moment. That's that's kind of funny because like last Friday, I went to sparring, right? And then the second round of sparring, my shoulders were just blasted. Like they, they just weren't working anymore. My <laughs> hands would not go up because, you know, like when you put your hands up, your shoulders are pretty much carrying all the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the weight, right? So when I put my hands up, I'm just like... What the hell's going on? They just come back down and I'm just and I'm just getting lit up. Like because my hands like rest of my body works. It's just my hands won't go up because my shoulders are just fucking blasted. Like bro, it, no... it actually it actually just happens sometimes. Like in, in training, like something will just be whether you did like a workout early in the week or something happened or injury or anything like that. But I it actually just like you've heard fighters say it, like, man, I just got in the ring and my legs weren't there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, it genuinely happens. And it's not till you, like, actually step in the ring for, like, something you've been training your whole life for, and you're like, 
I can't feel my legs. Like this is not this is not a strong start. Or like yeah. that exact moment where you it's all right in training. Like I'll get this firing and I'll just be like, oh man, my left shoulders a bit. Oh, I might have to switch south ball. Like when you're a bit more experienced, it'll make it easier. But when you're young and you go out to fight and you're just like, whoa, I can't hold my hands up. Or like, man, my legs are shot. Before the fights even started, like you see it in guys um like early fights. And I can see it because I've I've been in those exact situations. That's why I can like read their faces. Like you know the guys that have like their first fight or second fight, and they waste a ton of energy on the walkout. And you see them like high fiving their mates and they're dancing and stuff like that. They hop in that like I'm just standing there smiling because I'm like, yeah, I know what's about to happen. The guy will get in the ring. The bloke will get in the ring, jump through the ropes, and he just gives me this look. He just looks over like. And he's like, it's a look, and he's like, I'm already exhausted. And I'm like, I'm thinking in my head, like, yeah, I know, I know, but there's only one way you're going to learn this lesson. I could tell you, I could tell you a thousand times that I'm blue in the face, or you could actually go out there and learn it for yourself. So it's like, don't, like, I always tell guys, um, however fit you think you are like oh man i could go you know three two minute rounds or three three minute rounds. like however fit you are like the moment you step a foot in that cage or the moment your legs go through those ropes like instantly you've got one one fifth you've got like you've got 20 percent of the energy you thought you had so if you thought you could go three three minute rounds like you step in those ropes, like you can go like a minute and a half. And <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's why I tell guys like you need to get like four or five times as fit as you think you need to be for that. You know what I mean? If you can do five rounds in training, you need to be able to do 20 rounds, 30 rounds in training. Like it's just, it's funny, man. It's funny how that cage works. Like it, it like the adrenaline, the lights, the pressure, like it just, it zaps, it zaps 80% straight out of you, straight out of your arms, straight out of your legs, straight out of your gas tank. It's crazy, like, it's crazy how it works like that. Yeah, it just seems like Santos has, you know, after the that double knee surgery that he had, it just hasn't been the same for him, you know what I mean? Like he's suffering from the John Jones curse. If you look at the last four opponents John Jones beat, Gustafsson, Anthony Smith, Thiago Santos and Dominic Reyes, they haven't had very good luck after fighting John Jones. You know what I mean? They've had, you know, none of them have won the title. And I don't even I don't even think none of them have fought for the title. Oh, Reyes. Yeah, Reyes. Did Reyes fight for the No, he fought Jones for the title. Yeah, so none of them fought for the title since. They just had John Jones. That's what I call it, the John Jones curse. You know me, I like to blame John Jones for everything. Because everybody, someone said that you want to play because I, I blame John Jones for those the sponsorships, you know what I mean? Like the big sponsorships not coming to MMA fighters anymore. And you know, people say shit about that. And he really I, did, he really did fuck up Nike. <laughs> That's why Nike don't want to fuck with the UFC. Really tanked Nike that. with that yeah. pregnant chick thing. Yeah, that was bad. Anyways, um, yeah, so what do you do with Hill, man? Hill definitely has a lot of potential, but. Some holes in this in this fight, right? Um, yeah, I'm he's thinking, just young man. Like what? Yeah. He was like ten and one coming to like eleven pro fights. It's like crazy. Like I got in the UFC with the eleven pro fights. Like for him to be 
main eventing with 11 pro fights is crazy it's crazy um it's like very cool to see but yeah it's like no going back i don't like from the skills i've seen like and santos is a top quality fighter and i feel like he he handled that quite comfortably um the only real trouble he was in was in the when santos started just rapid fire shooting but he didn't like 100 percent defend every takedown just because he knew that like santos was using too much energy and he knew it was like that he had composure to know that it was a five-round fight and santos couldn't keep it up like he, he he just knew that he knew that santos couldn't keep that up for three rounds and 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 he couldn't we we saw that he spanned the takedowns with that 18 takedown attempts in a round um you just can't do that especially a guy that's not like a pure wrestler you know what i mean santos has been a striker for predominantly his entire career like for for i understand you can do like a training camp where you're just um doing a lot of takedowns and getting a lot of reps shooting takedowns but it's not the same as having done it since you were a little kid throughout your whole life like it's very easy for a wrestler to fall back on that um it's very, very easy to fall back on what you know and and as soon as you're in a fight and, and you like we saw it when he was really gassed you know he he's got went back into bar brawl mode because you you stick to what you know when you start hitting the wall and and you know you get cornered and you get exhausted you stick to what's worked for you for most of your life and that's big punches for santos yeah santos and uh with hill man i i know people want to you know catapult him up and 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 put him against someone with a big name, someone that is probably fought for the title or or is about to fight for the title or something. They're going to try to push Hill. I, I still think he's pretty raw. I still think he needs a couple more fights, you know what I mean, against top 10 guys, not like a, a title eliminator or anything like that. But, you know, if they give it to him, you know he's going to take it and, and take his chances because that's what you do as a fighter. But yeah, AMAC, like hmm? pros and there's like pros and cons for the – position like i understand what you're saying like a couple more fights to to but what really could he he add to his game um it's like it's pros and cons because obviously you have like another two fights to build up like a guy down the rankings or even like equal in the rankings um you're just showing more of your cards you know what i mean like you're mm -hmm. showing more of your game you're spending more time you're showing your tendencies and the reality of it is like that's what's dangerous when you get to like the top echelon in the sport is everyone knows your cards everyone knows your tendencies everyone so like the more he the less he can show people and it might actually be more advantageous towards him that like less people know his tendencies so it's like move into that title shot realm or, or get into those big fights and and earn some big paychecks before he really starts showing people all of his cards so I, I get it, you know, a couple more fights to work on things, but he might he might be showing his cards. I think there's pros and cons to, to both routes. You know, uh, ahead of the fight, I guess people were body shaming him because he doesn't look like a typical like he's not jacked. He's, yeah, <laughs> but he's not even he's not even in like bad shape. You know what I mean? Like I, I saw it. I saw it. People are taking the absolute muck. I, I like yeah i don't get it like as a as a fighter and and even myself like i don't i'll never like 
I'm never dieting or like eating or doing an exercise or, or using, putting my energy to be like, oh man, I'm going to look good on the poster for this. You know, like it never goes through my head. Like you just, you just um, like eat the food to make the weight, do the training to get fit for the fight. And you just look like how you look like, like if that's what he's looked, looks like, then, you know, who actually gives a shit? Like GSP is, um, this is years ago. I'm talking a decade ago. I read an article for GSP and he's like, yeah, like I lift weights sometimes like out of camp and stuff, but I know what I'm doing it for. I'm doing it to look good on the poster so I can sell some yeah. tickets. Like I'm not doing it to make myself a Don't convince yourself that you're doing it to make yourself a better fighter. Like if I do a little bit of bench press and a few bicep curls, it's to look good on the poster. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm doing it to sell tickets. I'm not. I'm not doing bicep curls to become the best fighter in the world. You know what I mean. So, if Jamal Hill doesn't want to waste the time and energy um, in doing that, then like more power to him. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, there's no typical looking fighter. There isn't. Like the back in the day, the typical looking fighter had a beer belly. And just went into the bar like we go back to the bar still does bar. like still does you <laughs> go to like tyson fury fatal like fatal like i come around when fatal was the goat yeah. you know like everyone looked yeah. at fatal as like the baddest dude in the world and he's just like this podgy russian dude who's like bald and doesn't ever smile like it wasn't it's not <laughs> like it's not it just isn't what you like your average person thinks it is like they look at a bodybuilder and they think man that guy is but like the reality of the situation is like you need some fat on your body to to <laughs> to pad when you're in a fight. Like <laughs> you need some you need some fat in between those muscles to to you know what I mean? When you're dry yeah. and shaped and ripped, like it hurts when you get hit, trust me. Like if I could go into a fight with a bit more fat on me, like I would absolutely love it. Remember when uh you weighed in at lightweight? Or when you weighed in at featherweight, and everybody's like, "You look like the guy from that, you know the the thing." What what was that? The geometry? What? Oh, fucking! I don't even know what it's called. Like you were so ripped, like you could oh, see all the I'm muscles and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, they're comparing you to that, and they're it's uh that was funny. Yeah, feel I, I, I feel like that. absolute dog shit. <laughs> Do not feel good. <laughs> look good. <laughs> Tick. Feel good. Feel horrible. Yeah. Yeah, well, that that shows you don't body shave Jamal Hill, man, because he he might not look like you want him to look, but he probably feels really good heading into that fight, and he went in there and yeah, he's and, fresh, and he like he's fresh, he's confident in himself and his skills, like you know he he pieced up um, Santos. I feel he like won that fight quite comfortably. Um, yeah, I think he's ready for. A, I think he's ready. Like he's got not many miles on his body. Like I think he's good to go. Yeah, and he took some heavy shots, man, and and ate mm -hmm. those shots and walked forward. Even even, even in the finishing sequence, like even in the finishing sequence, um, Santos fires back like two, three, hit him clean in the temple, clean in the chin, like, and he was he was absolutely fine. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, just like a, a feather in his cap. Like he he doesn't tend to rely on it so much, which is good. Like for a young fighter, not to like rely on being able to take a punch, but when you have to bite down and eat some shots to get a finish, like he did well. Uh, hats off to him.
Yeah, so when you look at the rankings, you know what I mean, that makes sense for someone like Jamal Hill. You got, like, Dominic Reyes is sitting there at number seven. Um, Anthony Smith, I think he's injured, so you probably won't be able to match him up. You got Jan Blahovic, because if if Yeri gets what he wants, he's going to fight Glover again, and secrets, word on the street is that that fight's going to happen. I'm just saying I heard some stuff, Okay. Well, Chant, like, Chant Perks, like, he's, he's already come out and called for that fight. And, yeah. like, the reality of the situation, if, if the guy with the belt is pushing for a fight, chances are he's going to get it done. Like, a lot rides on, like, who the belt is, gives you um, an advantage to, to pick who you want next. Doesn't really make sense for me. Like, mm-hmm. a finish is a finish. In my book, like, no one's ever going to go back and watch the fight. They're just going to see the 10 seconds um, of you finishing the guy and you can just move on. So maybe it's just something in himself that he feels like he can do a lot better or it would have to be that he feels like he really fought poorly and he can do a lot better than that for him to want to get out there and, and have a rematch with a guy like that. Yeah. And come on, guys. You don't have to... I know he's not like Jamal Hill's not in the best shape, but you don't have to go at his tattoos. You know what I mean? He might have got him when he was too young. Who knows? Don't go at his tattoos, man. It could have been mistakes. Anyways, um, what is it? Uh yeah, so even like Jan Blahovic, you know what I mean? You got Jan Blahovic that's ahead of him. If he's ready, <clears throat> I say if he wants it, push him to Jan Blahovic, push him to Dominic Reyes. I think Dominic Reyes would be the the better fight. I think that's a good fight. I think that's a good. I think that Dominic Reyes. It, it's kind of up to him and where he wants to go. I feel like Dominic Reyes. Like there's two young prospects, and like obviously Reyes is. Um, yeah, they're in like similar situations where they're pretty fresh in the game. Um, that's like a good even matchup. But if he wants a title shot and he wants it ASAP, then Jan Bohovic is is the way to go. Definitely. What do you think about that matchup? I think. To be honest with you, I'm gonna like if I had early picks on what what would happen, I say Jan Blahovic beats Hill with what we've seen today. I say Jan Blahovic, Dominic Reyes. That's a better fight. That's a closer fight. Stylistically, mm. a much funner fight to watch. I think. Um, yeah, I think that's the best option. But we'll see where Dominic Reyes is. We haven't seen him in a while. Yo, Twitter is the wildest shit. You know what I mean? Like some of these accounts that they they post up, it's like exclusive UFC fighter Jeff Neal jailed for brutal assault on Vicente Luque. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> Why are they putting these things up? This is hilarious, man. Twitter Twitter's is the most hilarious undefeated. place. Unde- yes, undefeated. Twitter's undefeated, dog. All right, let's undefeated. get into it because I know some people are in here watching because they want to know about your post earlier today about msg tony ferguson i know you did an interview earlier this week with submission radio go check that out but msg why msg why is that november november uh i believe november november 12th in new zealand so like 11th in the u.s november 11th in the u.s it doesn't matter november msg why does that make sense Tony Ferguson. I know Tony Ferguson. You explain why that makes sense, but why MSG? Why November? Um, because the star bender messaged me and said, <laughs> he said "I need you." <laughs> no, he said, "He said, bro, 
get that Tony fight on the MSD card November 12th. So I said, all right, all right, all right. Hold, I said, hold my beer. I'm going to get this. <laughs> so like, oh, I've been trying to fight since, what are we now? Like August? I said, I wanted to fight in August. Couldn't get me anyone in August, August, October. I've been trying to fight October. Still, like, can't get anything across the line. Like, November, he's got absolutely no excuses. I don't know who else he thinks he's going to fight. Like, maybe he thinks he can get, like, a Conor McGregor fight. I don't think he can get a Conor McGregor fight. Like, why would Conor McGregor fight him um, when he can fight? Like, I think Chandler probably makes the most sense for Conor McGregor at this stage. Or, you know, just he can wait. Connor's probably just going to wait and see how all that title picture stuff plays out. So, besides Conor McGregor, like, who who else is there for Tony, right? Like, I think it's the biggest fight that he can get himself. It is. And I, MSC I so works. Like, you can't get ready in 12 weeks or 13 weeks. Like, just retire then. If you can't get your, your ass out of bed for 12 weeks, then just piss off and retire that's how go. i feel about it style Benner wants it i want it what you say tony have you guys ever fought on the same ufc card or sorry you you guys have when was the last time that was in australia right we have when you fought al in australia he yeah, yeah i fought la quinta and he fought um rob whitaker the first time when he got the knockout we fought yeah we fought he was main event and then i was co-main event on that card on a like the biggest that was the biggest stadium um that was the biggest attendance in ufc history you know that was was. a pay-per-view that's main and co-main event like that definitely like it it just sounds good to me madison square garden Mm -hmm. you know um my friend israel headlining the card big pay-per-view jump we slide in the co-main we get it done you know what i mean if any it friend, sounds good if any friend can help you get a fight it's your friend israel asadio right? Right. Right. <laughs> it's good to have friends like that right it's like hey you know what are friends for to you know to support each other and and plus you know you guys could do camp together you probably enjoy that the most right We back. Oh, we back. All right. Did you even hear what I said? Let's get it done. Yeah, let's get it done. That's right. It's MSG. not what you know. It's not what you know. It's who you know. Exactly. 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 It's not what you know. It's who you know. And, you know, friends are always good. Frenemies, man. Bring the show back in some form, some way, somehow. I need you guys to do that. I think a lot of people want you to do that. Because you guys did that preview last week. You know, it's it's a good combination. It's a, it's a good one-two punch, you and uh, you and Israel. Have you guys been talking about that or what? What, doing a show? Yeah, like bringing nah. something back similar. Nah, like I just, I just popped over. Mm-hmm. I just popped over. We had, a, we had a quick chat. That's about it. All right. We'll see. All right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what was it? Uh. Yeah, man, that sounds good, man. Like you said, it's like a few months away. You know, Israel's on the card. 
you know, you and Tony. It just makes no, sense. Like, yeah, if, unless he's like, you know what I mean? Unless he's got like an injury or he needs time. Like, I, don't, I got no idea. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I can't see why. I can't see. That, that's like, that's a big fight for both of us. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's, who, who can get back in the mix? That's what it is. Not both of us. Only one can keep. Only one. Mm-hmm. Only one can go forward. Mm-hmm. Only one can progress. This is not a fairy tale. You know what I mean? We can fight. We can sort it out. One of us gets back in the mix. And and this narrative that people have about fucking Tony Ferguson that he's washed now. You guys, you guys are not watching these fights, man. Because the last fight, I thought he was looking good. I thought he was looking yeah, good. He looked confident, this is, this smooth. Is, this this is the sport of you're as good as your last fight. Like that 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 is that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. That we're in the sport of you're as good as your last fight. Like that's the reality of the situation. Like people people they move quickly and they forget. Like look at today's card. Like half the card got finished. You know what I mean? Like they'll they'll be back. It's like a it's the nature of the sport. Like people maybe people that don't um live it as a lifestyle like this is this is like a lifestyle for me this is something i've dedicated my absolute life to like um like their wins and their losses and i know i understand how volatile the sport is but i see it on like a weekly basis right like i i go to local shows every week i train fighters guys like it's it's just part of the sport i see guys you know on a rare occasion They'll take concussions or get knocked out in the gym or they get knocked out on a small amateur show and they're like fighting in shin pads or you know it's like their first title fight after they've had five fights ten fights and they get knocked out like what are they supposed to do quit like what kind of example do you set by just being like oh well i lost one or oh, pack it in or throw it in. like it, it doesn't set like a good example like you need to stick at it and and work through it as long as you're healthy and you take care of the right concussion protocols and you're getting back in there at 100 percent. i feel like it's um it's just part and parcel with the sport you know what i mean if you're a fireman you're gonna get burned every now and then you understand it's 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 part of the sport you're not gonna get a you're not gonna singe your hand one day as a fireman and then pack it in and become a plumber like it's just you're a fireman you expect to get burned on on the odd occasion it's just it's part of it so how far has the talks gone you know is it just you putting it out there because you know i think this matchup you and tony we've it's been talking tony, about it like, for like the yeah, last but, year yeah but it's 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 a hundred percent it's okay it's 100 percent on tony on like tony. i'm i'm in my management's in like uh you're already UFC, a <laughs> the ufc is in like everyone's everyone loves the fight ufc okay. loves the fight uh i love the fight Stylebender loves the fight it's a hundred percent on tony like if this fight doesn't happen 100 percent tony ferguson doesn't want the fight all right there you go we don't need to talk no more about that let's move on to the co-main event the welterweight banger between jeff neal and uh vicente luque vicente was coming off that uh that loss against uh mohammed abala uh, mohammed 
and uh, he got out wrestled, out grappled in that fight, and then comes in here and and gets outstruck by Jeff Neal, something that a lot of people didn't expect. They expected, you know, Vicente Luque to come back with a vengeance. You know, what I mean, that's what he usually does. He, I don't think he's ever lost two in a row. And what happened was that Jeff Neal, that left hand, was nasty tonight. What do you think of that left hand by Jeff Neal? Yeah, like that's um, it's just the nature of the game. Just like that, that to me was fight of the night. I thought this was an incredible fight. Yeah, like yeah, Vicente just pressured it, pressured in a little too close, and and was just walking onto that straight left hand. Like um, obviously, southpaw versus orthodox. Like Jeff Neal was getting on the outside foot landing his his right hook early on which was opening up the straight left hand Vicente didn't didn't make the adjustments early enough to be like oh man i've been caught by this straight left hand a couple of times that i didn't see it maybe i need to take a step back or half a step back and use my kicking and and set up my kicking range had he done that had he started the fight like that had had he you know this is how volatile our sport is had he came out and gone i'm gonna i'm gonna start this fight at kicking range we use my right kick i'm gonna put it on his left hand and i'm gonna shut that thing down early on and i'm gonna make him pressure me forward if he started with the adjustments he made for the second round in the first round this is a completely different fight then jeff neil in the second round has to start pressuring forward and doing what he does but vicente luca is obviously going to be a lot fresher like um Jeff Neal started pressuring him, walking him down in the third round, but it had already dropped him multiple times. It already damaged him, like he was already um, a little bit concussed. So he was able to hurt him and get the finish. But like that's, it's the sport of constantly adjusting. Um, Jeff Neal just played his cards right tonight and and just looked looked phenomenal doing it. Uh, I feel like. Uh, like styles make fights. It's just mm-hmm. the way that Vicente matches up with Jeff Neal is just stylistically um, like leaned in the favor of uh, Jeff Neal tonight. Yeah, and, and I saw something ahead of the fight where, you know, like a lot of guys break down film on, on fights and I saw something somewhere about how Vicente doesn't do very well against uh, softballs. And... Jeff Neal proved it tonight, man. He went in there and did really well. Um, yeah, you make a great point about, like, the volatility of this sport where, like, the first round, if Vizite Luque came out a certain way, he would have won that round instead of Jeff Neal winning the first round. And then Jeff if, Neal if took he, off the if second he came round. Out, if he came out at kicking range, if he came yeah. out at kicking range and, and did, yeah, did what he did in the second round, like, the whole landscape of the fight then changes. You know what I mean? Like... That's the funny thing about the sport is you get one shot at it. You get like you get one crack at it, and then whatever happens in that one crack, everyone thinks that if the fight happened a thousand times, that that would have happened a thousand times. Like that, that's just yeah. like the nature of the business. But like the reality is, of it, it's not like if they had fought and they'd put different ingredients in, like a thousand different things could happen. But that's the reality of it. You get one shot at it. And whatever happens in that one shot, everyone's going to tell you that's what would have happened every other time. That's just the way it is. That guy's better than you. But that's that's what you sign up for when you take the fight. And I agree to the terms. I love the terms. Like, I love that you beat a guy and people think you would beat that guy 
every single time you would fight him because that's I know full well as a fighter that that's not the reality of anyone I've ever beaten. If I were to rematch them, I would have to take it very seriously. I would have to adjust. I would have to do something different. And who knows how it would turn out? Exactly, man. You don't know. You know all this. Oh, what is it? Uh, MMA math that people try to you know calculate. MMA math. Like, he would have won eight out of ten fights. You know what I mean? Like, how do you even know that? How do you even fucking put a percentage on that shit? Like, come on. Like, you don't know. The first fight went a certain way. It's like Luke's uh, first fight against uh, uh, Bilal Muhammad. Luke goes in there and knocks him out, like, in 30 seconds. Second fight, Bilal Muhammad goes in there, makes the right adjustments, wrestles him to the ground, and just continues to wrestle him until he wins the fight by decision. Third fight, who knows what's going to happen? It could happen again, or he oh. could get knocked out. It's like this Jeff Neal and Vicente Luque fight. Like you said, if the second fight, the rematch, if it does happen, Luque may, might come out in kicking distance. And then now you said you said it earlier, the whole fight is different if the you know if they go into the second and third rounds. And uh, I didn't even see it that way, but you're right, man. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. That's why it's I'm a wild, <laughs> wild sport. It is. It is. Uh, what, what do you do with Jeff Neal? You know, like if you look at the rankings, you know, we always have to look at the rankings, which really don't mean too much, but it does mean something. Um, Jeff Neal is sitting at 13. Um, he just beat Vicente Luque, who's number six. So basically Jeff Neal is number six now. Who does he fight? I say he fights. Oh, he called out Gilbert Burns. What do you think of that? I think Gilbert Burns was waiting for someone to call him out. Because Gilbert Burns is always waiting for someone to call him out. That guy, <laughs> that guy, that guy will fight absolutely anyone on yeah. any amount of notice. I, I would like him to get the uh well fight. I think that's like okay. a big fight for him. That's like a main event fight, like or pay per view fight. Like I think that that's that's a big fight for him and that's a good fight for him. And especially after the risky talk with the comes up fight, like. That's a fight that he definitely deserves. So I would like to see that. What's um, Bilal ranked? Bilal's ranked. Oh, he's he's top five. He's uh, he's number five. Well, Bilal come out and he said, "I've never lost to the same person twice." So Jeff Neal like kind of brushed past him and said, mm -hmm. "I want to fight Gilbert Burns" because he didn't think that Bilal Muhammad would take the fight. But then for Bilal to come out and say. Um, I've never lost to the same guy twice. Like, well, is he interested in that? So six versus five, yeah. that makes sense. But last thing, you know, he called out Masvidal, who if I was to fight Gilbert Burns or Bilal, like Gilbert's, uh, you know, he's going to trade punches with you. He's going to put on an exciting performance. Um, whereas Bilal's probably just going to like wrestle Jorge which he's not, like, it's not as fun for him. I'm not saying he can't win the fight. I'm just saying it's not as entertaining of a matchup for him. So, yeah, I think that fight could happen. Jeff Neal um, versus Bilal Muhammad too. And then we see Gilbert Burns versus Jorge Masvidal. I think that that's, uh, those are two very solid fights. Yeah, they are. They are. And, um, okay, UFC, is that UFC 281, right? In New York City. Madison Square Garden. This is this is my prediction from like little little like things that I heard on the grapevine and you know whispers here and there on the streets. This is my prediction. They already the announced Israel and uh, 
uh yeah the streets are definitely talking israel they already announced him against alex right so that's the main event i say they're gonna put glover and uh jan blahovich on there as the co-main event and then the third fight is gonna be gilbert burns versus jorge masvidal five round coco main event and then to kick off the pay-per-view dan hooker versus tony ferguson hey ain't that a motherfucking card right there a pay-per-view card that's a that's a wild card that's a wild card if nyc always does it big that's a big card it's a big card boy you know you want to open the pay-per-view on that store i was in uh i was in I was in New York. I went to Madison Square yeah. Garden uh, December. Um, let's go back. Yeah, let's go back. We're going. We're going back. All right. So uh, after the what is it? Before the the main and co-main event, uh, they had the Ultimate Fighter finales, right? The heavyweights and I believe the, the flyweights. Yeah. Um, the that was an interesting fight, right? Usman. He was getting like to me. He was getting worked in the first round, and then like you, like everybody says, one punch changes everything in, at heavyweight. And and Mo, you proved it. Did you see? Did you see the scorecards from that fight? No, I didn't. What did they look like? So, so the Amato had uh, Muhammad win the first round. What? <laughs> like he got. He got out. He got outlanded three to one. Like I was. <laughs> <laughs> This guy, Saudi Amato, like, what the fuck does this guy watch? Like, what the fuck is this guy watching? He's like, how does how does he have a fucking job? You know, if I were if I worked at McDonald's and I put the patties on the outside and the bun in the middle, like I insisted that this is the way a burger's made, like I would get fired in one day. You know what I mean? But Saudi Amato. He keeps making patty on the outside, burger on the inside, burgers, and this guy's still got a job. It absolutely, <laughs> it absolutely blew. I'm not saying like Mama got whitewashed, but this is like just another example of the Saudi Amato just being an absolute fucking numpty. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't get past it. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Like the judges, whenever the scores come out for for a fight or for a round or whatever, and I see them and I think about the round and 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 like think about what I thought the, who won the round, it makes me doubt what I'm watching because the judges saw something completely different from what I saw, and their scores re- reflect that. I'm just like doubting myself. Like, am I even watching it? Do I even know the sport? You know, I don't know yeah. the sport 100, but do I even know the sport a little bit with these judges giving? Like you said, three to one outstruck three to one, and yeah. most of the fight was on the feet. Like, what do you what do you want? What else do you want out of that? What else do you want? Like, no takedowns. He was outstruck like three to one. Like, there's there's no there's no arguing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's absolutely no like. This is my thing. Like, I don't like. It's just making people accountable for their decisions. Like that's that's. I feel like that's all you need to do to to correct like the judging, just so they can show how stupid they are. Like that's really like fighters. Like we're accountable, right? Like we after we lose or something happens, like we have to do interviews. We have to like go to the post fight press conference if we're not going to the hospital and sit down and 
say say what happened wrong like coaches get interviewed they're accountable why are the judges not like open scoring whatever changes you need to be made like i don't i think they're good like i think open scoring is like a good idea and that's like a band-aid solution to the problem but it's just accountability if judges had to make a 10 second 20 second if they had to make it like a 20 second video as to why they scored their fight the way they scored it after each fight like obviously they have to write the numbers down and sign their name to it but a 20 second video being like okay i thought muhammad's punches were like three times heavier than the volume that the other guy was land like so at least we could see some kind of window into the mind of a judge and so they would have to be accountable and have to justify to their their problem but that all they have to do is write their name down no one can give them shit. the commission protects them and they're not accountable for their decision which is absolutely ridiculous yeah judges are the the most protected species in mma or just in fighting no one in general, sees right? them no one sees them they get whisked away you never meet them no one knows what they look like like it's it's crazy like the ufc can't touch them like they they're protected by the commissions um like they're crazy it's crazy mm-hmm. that they're it's crazy the little accountability that these guys have for their job like they got no accountability for their decisions and that's why you see poor judging that's it yeah man with judging is just just a whole nother hey you know what's wild about Usman is that he went to the pfl right before getting onto the ultimate fighter and he only had one fight and lost right it was for the million dollar tournament he got submitted and he goes on the ultimate fighter wins the show it's like and then rob wilkinson the guy that they uh izzy debuted against he's about to fight for the million dollars in pfl in his next fight it's just wild dude Mm -hmm. how like just those positions of switch you know they've switched around and and shout out to rob wilkinson man doing fucking phenomenal for himself in the shout out like he yeah, like a lot happened between that. Like he's not the same fighter. Um, he's not the same fighter he was when he was in the UFC because he he took some time and he developed. Like so, Rob Wilkinson. I know because he's come over here. Like Israel brought him over um, to train. Like he's he's actually been over at City Kickboxing for a couple of camps. Like Rob Wilkinson did that after he fought Israel and um, lost his UFC contract came over training us as a city kickboxing he went back to like um australia and he focused on his striking like before that he was predominantly just a cage grappler like he would press he would press you against the cage and that's like obviously what israel was preparing for in his ufc debut like rob used to just pressure guys in cage like beat them up against the cage if you could get the takedown and get the takedown um then obviously after his ufc career he realized like that's not like he needed to add more tools to his system so he went away and he studied a lot on his kickboxing and he had a lot of kickboxing fights and he won australian titles in kickboxing like um and he took some time off from mma really sharpened his um kickboxing skills 
Then he came back to MMA and got his PFL contract and after a couple of wins. Now, I believe he's on a, a five-fight knockout yeah. streak. You know, yeah. like, so he learned his lessons. He made good adjustments. And now we're seeing the results of those adjustments. Like, just because a fighter is at a certain stage at a certain time doesn't mean they're stuck there forever. Like, of course, they can add new things to their game and work on different aspects of their game. It's what Rob Wilkinson did. Now he's put himself one fight away from a million bucks, which I think he's got a good, a very strong chance of, of getting. Yeah, yeah, for real. Like, I just interviewed him ahead of the last fight, and he's talking about, man, I just want a world title. That's what he wants more than anything. He just wants to be a world champion. And I'm just like, damn, you're lucky because you get to win the world title and get that million dollars on top of that, man. He's just like, million mm -hmm. dollars is good. It's all good. But that world title, man. And it just shows you where his mindset is at. And, uh, you know, shout out to him. And hopefully, you know, he performs well in the finals. Um, what do you think about Usman and his future in the heavyweight division, man? He's, he, he's kind of – could you compare him to anybody? Like, he still has a lot to develop, though. You, you already could tell. Nah, like, so, obviously, um, yeah, I saw his, like, PFL career. Uh, we've known about him. We've got, like, mutual friends, like, uh, like Frankie's met him before. We've got a few City Kickboxing friends that are also friends uh, with Muhammad. But, um, yeah, like, <laughs> if you know, you know. If you know, yeah, you know. Yeah. We'll move on. Yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll, keep it, we'll keep it rolling. Rolling, rolling, but, rolling. Um, We'll go roll. I'm getting distracted, but we'll keep it rolling. <laughs> but no, like he—he's like he definitely is like a lot greener. He comes from like a football background, not from like a martial arts background or a wrestling background. He was a collegiate um, football star, and then moved into MMA after his college. So he's like a naturally very gifted athlete. He seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Um, yeah, he just needs to mix in the skills, and he—you know—he looked good he looked like he surrounded himself with some pretty strong coaches um there in denver and we'll see what can happen next as long as he keeps adding those skills i feel like he's got the athletic ability there um he's got the mindset there he's got um like I'll, can obviously fall back on his brother for like a lot of advice in his career but he just needs to keep adding those those fundamentals and working on those fundamentals and um yeah it's like tonight like he just used fundamental skills i feel like if, if he just added like a strong low kick and a solid jab to his game that's a pretty dangerous heavyweight he's got he's obviously got the good power in his hooks good jab and a low kick and some powerful hooks like makes for a dangerous night out for any heavyweight and in in the in the hook, the right was it a left hook or a right? Well, the hook left, didn't even the left hook, yeah, it was the left, left hook, hook, right? It didn't even look like he even put his body into it. It just looked like he just swung his like arm and just you know, like it was gonna be like yeah, it was like like that, and then just dude went to sleep. That's how much power well, that his, guy was holding. Well, his arms are the size of my waist, so it's like <laughs> <laughs> that boy's jacked. He's jacked. Yeah, he's jacked. He's I know jacked. he fought. Uh, he fought PFL heavyweight. He's actually he fought. He's fought at light heavyweight. No. The other guy I know, he was trying to go to light heavyweight, but I don't know about. Who I think man. I think Muhammad's um, done some light heavyweight fights. Let me see. Heavyweight, 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 heavyweight. Nah, just heavyweight. It's all yeah. heavyweight. 
the boys, he's jacked. You know what I mean? Like whenever <laughs> someone's jacked, there, you know, people are gonna be like, Oh, I do I see gyno? You know what I mean? There's all those guys. Do I see gyno? Are those needle marks on his back? Why does he have acne on his you know, like all these things come up? Come on, some people can be jacked, man. Tyrell Woodley was fucking jacked as a welterweight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, like the, the the easiest way to see it is like changes, like rapid changes in people. <laughs> like that's like the biggest thing. Like people see someone that's in like just phenomenal shape and they're just like, um, oh man, that guy must be on steroids. But then like you see a picture of the guy when he's like 15 and he's jacked and you're like, whoa, he's like 30 now. He looks the same. You know what I mean? It's like anything that happens like rapidly. It's like Alice Overing when he, um, when he goes from like fighting in pride at 84 kilos <laughs> and then he, as like a man, you know what yeah. I mean? As like a mid-20-year-old. And then as a 30-year-old is fighting kickboxing at 120 kilos. Like, that's not possible. Like, you can't put on 40 kilos of muscle without... And that's like an extreme example of that. Um, and stuff like that. But yeah, like, I don't think... Yeah. Don't hate unless you have like really good evidence or something you know solid because you don't even know these people man why are you going at them like that let them celebrate their victories jesus christ you guys want to fucking talk stupid shit all the time all right now julianne miller the women's flyweight finals uh brogan and brogan um i was gonna say brogan anderson brogan I mean, walker anderson i was like Tell me he, more. I was like, he you, got, fall, you, got some, you got some juice there. Brogan Henderson was doing what? Ultimate Fighter Flyweight Finals. Brogan Walker. <laughs> not Anderson. Uh, Brogan Walker, someone I know. I've interviewed her in, from the past. She's from Guam. Usually, I, you know, if there's fighters out of Guam, usually I, I interview them. Very nice girls. I think she was a teacher as well. They were on the Ultimate Fighter. I guess they had some beef. You know, Julianne Miller, she's not your typical, like, shy girl she's outspoken i didn't watch the show i'm just repeating what they said on the broadcast so don't yeah, fucking i don't want come at me i didn't watch the show but anyways the fight fight iq was the thing that people were pointing at like julianne miller she's from 10th planet san diego which means that she's probably pretty good on the ground in a lot of different positions right and Brogan Anderson or Brogan Walker, she would just clinch with her and get taken down. And then that happened in the first round, got dominated in the first round. Second round, exact same thing. She goes and clinches with her, getting taken down, gets controlled on the ground. And then the third round, she gets the TKO finish. But the exact same thing happened in the third round. They clinched, she took her to the ground and beat on her. But what's like no one, no one's like no one's like born like everyone always throws that term, like that terminology around it, like fight iq like striking iq like what does that mean like what does that <laughs> explain to me what that means like that chick had the chick that one had four fights i couldn't find my dick after four fights like this it, you know i didn't know anything after four mm -hmm. fights like it only it only comes with time like no knowledge only comes with time and experience like she's only had four fights, like cut her some slack. Like all of them, you know, they're they're reasonably inexperienced at for for the spotlight and the level that they've been thrown into. Like it definitely takes time. And you could watch that. 
you know what I mean? You you saw the two Ultimate Fighter finales. Like they're guys that they're just fighting for the UFC contracts, you know, and they get thrown into a big fight night just before the co-main and like main event of the fights, you know what I mean? But there was like an obvious level change between like those two fights and let's say like the Jeff Neal um Vicente Luka yeah. fight. Like there's obviously like you could you could you could see it. Like your average Joe sitting at home, like you can't tell me you couldn't see that they weren't the same things. You know what I mean? Like people mm-hmm. making mistakes they just shouldn't be making. So it just it just takes time, it just takes experience. Like these people have been thrown into um I'm not saying over the head of them, just thrown they've been thrown into a big spotlight. And they have to they have to learn and they have to adjust. They do off man. topic. How crazy <laughs> was Dana White getting all of these kids fucked up? You know what I mean? <laughs> like it, I feel like he did it as a setup. He did like that first week and then he was like, only one of you is getting a contract, like you're all shit. Like Dana White contender series is for people that want to kill or be killed like that's that's it right and then they came out for that second event uh like there was shannon ross there was some crazy fights but like they all those kids had drank the kool-aid like dana white (laughs) fired them up was just like go out there and just punch each other in the face and whoever wins wins like that's really what they did like they all drank the cooler because it's called the dana white speech and we were like all fighters get it um we all get it so you weigh in and then after like your ceremonial weigh-ins you get what's called like the, the dana white speech where they take just the fighters none of your coaches can come with you or anything like that just the fighters and they take us into a back room most of the time it's like if you're in like a foreign one if you're in australian it's like sean shelby or mick maynard and it's like a lot more chill like i've had sean shelby and mick maynard sean just comes in and he's just like yeah you know like there's 50 grand on the line you know you you guys want 50 grand like go out there and put on a show you know good luck tomorrow but like the dana dana speech like i've had the dana dana speech a couple of times like it makes you feel unreal like he comes out back and he's just like he sets a scene man like he comes and prepared he's just like you can see the veins on his head and he's going red and he's just like you want to you could win fight of the night and you could win knockout of the night that's a hundred grand what would you do with a hundred grand he's like if you're watching that tv and you haven't seen fight of the night yet Go out there and change your life. Change your life. Like I've heard like that one. And Mike Perry was in the room when Dana was saying the speech. Mike Perry like gets up, stands on his chair, starts barking. He's like, oh, oh. And I was like, man, like Dana White gets some of these kids killed. Like I fight like that. I like, I put on wild fights because I like to fight like that. You know what I mean? But I'm not chilled. I don't. I don't like lose my composure when I'm doing it. Yeah. You look around, you see all these kids like they're shaking and they're getting fired up and they go back to their coaches and they they can't sleep the night before their fights, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. But like it's what Dana White's content, contender series is. It's like that's cool. Everyone knows what it is, right? 
it's it's a kill or be killed factory like that's what it is it's like it's a make it's, or break factory for the next level and i like i'm all for it don't get me wrong <laughs> i wouldn't like me as a 20 year old a 24 year old i would i would fall for it hook line and sinker if dana white hit me with that speech before my contender series debut i would just go out front hooks i would just go forward and throw hooks and whatever happened happened but like me now as like a more experienced guy you know what it is that like the top echelon of the sport like you're obviously gonna make a few i don't think i'd fall for the i don't think i'd fall for the the speech like i used to fall for the speech but until you get like that dana white dana white speech like you you really can't you don't even know you don't even know like he yeah. really fires you up yeah that's crazy was was mike perry's bark more like a dmx style or was it like a, a rampage nah, Jackson DMX. style bark? dmx dmx, DMX. he was already fuck, he's a funny guy bro he is he's, on, like i heard he's funny as shit. like from he's hilarious he's hilarious like he knows what he's doing like he's he's a smart kid like he's yeah. he's definitely like a funny guy <laughs> Like what you see on like I follow him. I follow Mike Perry. I think he's I think he's hilarious. Um like what you see on like the Instagram is like actually him in real life. Like I've fought on maybe two cards with like Mike Perry. But like some of the guys you see on Instagram, um you know, they'll just be sitting there like this, like and then you see like these real outspoken Instagram videos and you're like, man, that's not even like what that guy's like, you know, that's a bit weird. But like Mike Perry's like out there like, yeah, man, fuck this. Or like, he's like arguing with, I can't even remember who he's arguing with. He's just like, someone said something to him and he's like, fuck you, motherfucker. I'm going to send you back to Bellator. He's like, I'm going to send you back to Bellator, bitch. Like he was saying this. Then like pulls out his phone and he's like, yo, we out here, out back UFC. Like, let's go. Like, it's just... And then he did like the Dana White speech thing, but you got no phones. No one's allowed to record the Dana White speech. That's why your fans have never seen it. Yeah. No phones out back. Yeah, that's but he um yeah, it's it's wild. Like that's actually him. Like he's just really like that. He's like starts barking like <gasps> like he starts sweating, like there's yeah. veins on his head. He he bought that, he bought the Dana White speech hook line and sinker. Yeah. Oh, probably every time he hears it, you know what I mean? Like, just, he love, he probably loves it. He probably needs that, like before he goes and fights. You know, he needs that speech. Uh, yeah, the the day I can't, I can't remember. Night. I can't remember. There was like, uh, like a young girl fighter like sitting next to me, and like he did the speech, and like I'd heard it a couple of times, before. Yeah. and I just turned to her and I was like, "Don't listen to it," <laughs> and I walked off. Yeah. I was like, does the, the contender series like you said it is kill or be killed and i like how dana even admitted that hey i don't even give a fuck yeah, about it is. Your record. Like, i don't we, give a fuck about your record. yeah 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 <laughs> we so know funny. we know like that's what it, that's what they're there for so it's, it's a puppy factory it's fucking funny man like yeah the contender series yeah it is fuck it's gladiator school that's what it is the, the ufc <laughs> fucking built a gladiator school in vegas and it's pump, like you said, it's a factory of fucking just pumping Pump out, them out, pumping them out, just fucking fighter after fighter after fighter. Like make, make or break, make or break. That's really it. I love it, man. Let's let's get more of those. Let's get some in Australia. Let's get some in New Zealand. Some in you know they're doing the road to UFC in Asia. 
um yeah let's get those popping off a little bit more we need we need more of that you know we need guys getting more opportunities um shannon ross he got the fucking contract even though he lost man and he had appendicitis or some shit and the doctors told him not to fight he fought anyways he's a savage mr ross hey you go out there you fight like that you risk your life yeah you're gonna get a contract kids (laughs) risk risk your life that's a strong that's a strong message that's a message we're sending out there if you're willing to die in a cage i'm gonna give you a job exactly well i'm pretty sure it's in the contract somewhere um oh 100 it's in the contract (laughs) (laughs) protect each other it's it's in every contract I've ever signed. Like there's the Dude. there's the line that says like I accept that this is um, <laughs> I might die in this and I hold the UFC for no responsibility. Like yeah. it's in the contract, brother. It's in every contract. You go to the fucking bungee jumping, same thing in the contract, right? Like you you're taking the risks. We're not. We're just uh, helping you take my, the risks. It's my favorite part of the contract. Yeah um so there's some fun uh fun fights though well they're all finishes but one fight that stood out was uh you know there's some some like prospects that i see that are gonna probably be pretty good as the years go is like terrence mckinney man terrence mckinney um he's reckless just like his name t-rex but man the boy knows how to finish right the the kid can go in there and find the spots and just do his thing man it's like him almost dying has probably had is probably helped him unlock this level in his mind to where he's just fearless when he goes in there and well I feel like Israel, yeah oh, that definitely makes you a bit stronger once you're like accepted your death <laughs> but israel showed me that video he didn't almost died the police almost killed him that was uh that was a 100 percent I blame yeah. the the police that confronted him. Why did they tase him? He didn't even do anything. That's yeah, it seemed like, like he was just laying thing. there, right? In the video. Like he was he just was laying just sitting there. Down. Yeah. I feel like I feel like New Zealand police would have handled that a lot better. I feel like they would have they would have uh they would have pulled the car, they would have put the radio on, they would have they would have chucked in a Bob Marley C D, <laughs> stir it up. They would have chilled him out. That would have chilled. That would have chilled him up, stirred up, and gone, brother. Just start dancing. Where do you live? Where do you live? And he would have told them where he lived. They could take him home, and he could go and sit on his own couch. But they just roll up there, just blast him with torches, and shoot him with a taser. Of course, he's gonna have a heart attack. What's wrong with you? Fuck, man. Well, American police a- are wild. He had a good performance. Yeah, man, I grew up with American police, and I have stories. I have stories. They are wild. New Zealand police are cool. I actually actually thoroughly enjoy New Zealand police in comparison to, like, American police. They're very chill. Yo, the police in Korea are, like, second-class citizens. Like, the the citizens are above the police. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird because America, the police are above the people. They have the more control. they're They're like parking wardens. They are. They're like security they? guards at buildings. Seriously, like. Oh man, ridiculous. I'm terrible. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrible to park. I'm terrible to parking water. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite things. I'm just you know, I love it. Hey, eh? get a real job. And they just. Oh. 
What about those? What about the 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 police in New York? I seen some videos of police in New York on their break. They're fucking smoking weed. I'm like, what the hell is going on in New York? I'm like, what's going on with intoxicated police? I don't know, man. Police is a whole fucking black hole of fucking conversation right there, especially in America. Um, but yeah, T Rex. I like what he's doing. He's building up uh, his his uh, his experience. I think he's make, taking oh, he's the right matchups. He, he's definitely got um, like some natural gifts. Like you can say, like you can say whatever you want. Like oh, he's reckless and he goes for the kill and this and that. But like he's definitely like a super athletic kid, and he's got some very strong um, some very strong parts of his game. Like he gave Drew Dober like an incredibly tough fight you know it's just came down to how experienced and how tough drew dover is like i've trained with Drew. he's got a head um he's got a head like a cinder block you know what i mean like i've never met anyone that can take a punch like drew dover can take a punch um so it was like just got rushed into that fight a little bit too quickly but uh, yeah he's he's a, like a super talented kid um like well-rounded he's great on the back he's he's obviously very good from his striking range um yeah i see some pretty big things yeah like a steady incline in um competition i feel like he's gonna make it very far all right uh right before him we had sam alvey fight his ninth fight in a row where he hasn't won and was knocked out you know i think a lot of people thought that that was going to happen to sam alvey in this fight now a lot of people attack Sam Alvey. Man, Sam Alvey has a job. You're mad about a dude having a job and continuing to have a job. That's an endless conversation because you think that he doesn't deserve. And who decides what who, what people deserve? You don't decide. So mm. leave Sam mm. Alvey alone. Sam's going to go and he'll probably go fight bare knuckle, to be honest with you. Like, I can see that in Sam. You know what I mean? Like his style, he likes to sit there and swing hard and he throws punches mostly. Not many like elbows or kicks or anything like that. So I, can I think it'd be that. quite I think it'd be quite comfortable in BKB. Yeah. Like they're they're throwing the money around. Um he's got six kids. I can't imagine that's <laughs> I can't imagine that's very cheap. Um yeah. but yeah, it's quite it's quite um not funny. It's like a little bit disheartening to see to see the way well like we all know that mma fans are like a bit cruel right yeah. <laughs> like that's not like the biggest secret in the world they're like mma fans are a little bit heartless but especially to to a guy like sam how elby and people are like you know why does a guy like this still have a job or, or still getting opportunities or still getting big fights on main cards and stuff like that and it's like well this guy doesn't turn down any fights like you can't it's two sides to a coin right like this guy doesn't ever turn down any fights this guy doesn't care who he's fighting and when the ufc calls him he answers the phone and says yes so if this guy's what lost how many fights in a row and he's still getting opportunities does that not show you to how few and far between that people like sam alvey are like how many people do you think the ufc can just call up and they're gonna say yes like i'm gonna tell you right now it's a handful out of 500 
probably five. It's probably five out of five hundred. It's probably Sam Alvey, Jim Miller, <laughs> Dan Hooker, and two more, maybe. But that's about it. That you're gonna get the UFC. Hey, you want to fight this guy on this date? Yeah, cool. I'll see you there. You know what I mean? Like the amount of short notice fights that Sam Alvey's jumped into, the amount of grenades that this guy has dived on. Um, like he deserves respect at the end of the day, regardless how how the fights go. You can't respect a fighter for taking a short notice fight. You can't respect a fighter for jumping in against heavy competition. You can't respect fighters for taking big risks and then not respect Sam Alvey. Like it's just the complete contradiction of like everything you you praise people for. You're you're so he loses that instant praise just because it didn't go his way. Like it's it's just kind of yeah. It's kind of funny and it's kind of like, it's kind of a bit like, yeah, people just really showing their true colors about how they feel about, about how they feel about fighters. Yeah, you make a great point about, you know, you've always heard it in the past about how when the UFC contacts you, you know, if you turn down the first option that they give you, you better take the second option because if you don't take the second option, they're going to put you in the back of the line. And you're not going to get an offer for a long time, depending on, you know, how the division is playing out. Right. And like you said, if they call you and you accept every fight and just because you accept every fight doesn't mean your opponent accepts the fight either. Right. So you could accept fights mm. and the fight never materialized. But the UFC remembers that it's just like any other company. Right. They remember. The people that put in. Oh, it's, it's, it's the same as. When like everyone at a, a normal job, you get called in for overtime. Hey, Jim, can you come in next Sunday? Someone doesn't want to show up. I know it's your day off, but can you come in on your day off? Like, obviously the employee that jumps on that, it's going to get some leeway like further down the track because they took a lot of bullets. Like that's, that's Sam Elvey. Like the guy shows up, not when, you know, he doesn't show up when he's feeling great. He doesn't show up when he's got no injuries. He doesn't show up when he's feeling like a million bucks. He doesn't show up because his manager reckons that this is a good stylistic fight. The guy shows up when someone offers him a fight. Like, <laughs> that's just the reality of the situation. You offer Sam Alvey a fight, that guy is going to take it. If the UFC offers him another contract, I guarantee he's going to take it because that's the kind of person that Sam Alvey is. And it's just the nature of our sport. It's not, uh, it's not a fairy tale. It's not a young man's game. You need thick skin if you want to compete in the sport and do well in the sport. All right, Robinson Rob seven seven. Shout out to you. Shout out to you, buddy. Now you should be happy. All right, so. Um, <laughs> That was it. You know, yeah, that was it. That was it. He wanted a shout out. Just like, shout out to you, buddy. Um, earlier that, uh, what is it? You know, we talked about the Ultimate Fighter winners of this season. Earlier in the night, Brian Battle, who won Ultimate Fighter last year at middleweight, dropping down to welterweight for the first time, goes in there against Takashi Sato, a guy that's so mm. much more experienced than him. And Tough Brian guy. Battle did the damn thing. Head kick, knockout beautiful i love brian Battleman. he's a character and he can fight and the dude dropped 15 pounds to go to welterweight and he did it successfully he said that the weight cut was pretty simple it was easy i'm very interested to see what he what he does he called out ian gary 
I think he called out somebody else, but I think Ian Gary would be a good fight for him. Yeah, that's a good fight. That's an even, um, yeah, like the world's his oyster. He's like a young kid. Um, yeah, just came out with like the right place, right time. You know what I mean? Like Sato is like a tough kid and that doesn't happen. Um, that happens one out of a thousand times. Like we were saying um, at the start of the show, like it, just because it happened once doesn't mean he knocks Sato out every single time. Like it's just, it's just the reality of the business. Like he threw the two. Sato thought that they were in punching range, slipped outside the two and ran into the kick. Like he, yeah. he slipped outside the right hand and, and that's like one of that's like a fundamental um that's a fundamental move. And that, that generally is a move that takes um like a, a long time to set up. Like generally you have to, you know, connect with your right hand a few times, like obviously make the guy slip. And then you realize that he's slipping out of the way of your right hand and you bring up the kick. He just came out and he pressed the right buttons at the at the start of the game and <laughs> and got the win in like super quick fashion. So there's not like too much you can say about that fight besides like outstanding performance and he, he deserves whatever he gets out of him. For real, he does, he does, man. Uh, Brian Battleband, I think uh, he has a lot of potential, like I said and uh man it was beautiful like like you said like i've been learning that a little bit you know what i mean like the slipping stuff and just slipping is hard <laughs> just to be able to time that shit and then to lean to the proper side because i was slipped to the wrong side to get punched in the face and shit like <laughs> you know like i'm hey i'm being truthful about like what i experienced because i'm not a fighter but i'm saying like if you go to a fucking class even just boxing and try to learn how to slip punches and see if you slip the right way. You'll slip the wrong way a few times to get clipped. Yeah, yeah, like that's, that's, he didn't even, the guy, uh, Sato didn't even slip the wrong way. It's not exactly. like he, he made, it's not like he made a big mistake. Like he thought a punch was coming and he slipped it perfectly. He just slipped it into a kick. Like it's just, it's just funny. Yeah, go to, go to a boxing class, get a guy to throw punches at you and you try to slip the punches. And then yeah. you add kicks into the mix. Like, it's just a whole it's just a whole different can of worms. It is, man. And, uh, yeah, it was a great performance. Um, yeah, Brian, do your thing. And uh, hopefully I'll be speaking with him pretty soon. Uh, yeah, that's about it, man. That's all the action uh, I want to cover. I just wanted to uh, get your reaction to uh, – someone was asking me in the chat to ask you about uh, the recent video that just came out. Uh, let me put it up. Let me pull it up. And uh, you can watch it. I'm pretty sure you already seen it, but I just want to put it up there so you can watch it and then react to it. So here we go. So it's John Jones. He puts out this clip on IG of him at heavyweight bare knuckle, bare knuckle pad session. What is he trying to tell us? What do you see in this? Nah, he's with uh, Six Gun Gibson. That's a good coach. That's he's a very, a very good, good. That's coach. a very good coach. That's one of the best striking coaches out there. Um, I don't know what he's doing with the. It just looks cool. Maybe doing a bare knuckle, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks cool. I, I, I highly doubt he's gonna um, be KFC or anything like that. But yeah, yeah, like the guy just needs to make his debut at heavyweight. Like you can't just keep teasing it for that long. You know what He's I mean? Teasingness. Like He's it teasingness. gets, it gets, yeah, He's like it gets man. a bit old. Like is is he retired or or it's hard to, it's hard to tell at this point. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, but he he does look bigger, much bigger than he did at light heavyweight. Like, look at his biceps. Yeah, right? yeah. Like he's definitely not going. He's definitely not going back to light heavyweight. But yeah, yeah. like it's just. Um, yeah, it's time for them to just bite the bullet and, and take a bite, I guess. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Is he going to go back to, who's he going to fight? I, you know I mean? like, actually don't give a flying fuck, yeah. fuck about yeah. John Jones. I just want to give you credit for something. You did predict <laughs> UFC 280 in Abu Dhabi. Islam versus Charles Oliveira. You when did, did I predict? That. When did you I predict that, that fight? Like the that day when that fight was over, you said that that shit Man. was gonna happen in Abu Dhabi. And uh, I wish I had Saudi princes sucking my balls and paying people <laughs> to get the right fights that I want. Like I wish, but I don't. You know what I mean? Oh, wrong yeah. religion. Yeah, rubbing the rubbing your elbows with the wrong people, right? Like we're not the right people. <laughs> So I'm not in the right circle. I'm mate. My circle. I don't have any uh, billionaire oil <laughs> sheiks in my circle. But if I exactly. did, I'd be getting title. I'd be getting title fights in my backyard. Of course, man. Like, I think. I don't know. I don't know if people realize this, but there's so much that goes into like putting on shows in like this country or this city. You know what I mean? Things have to line up perfectly. Money has to be spent and invested. And most of the time it's not the UFC. From nah, what I know. Nah, they're they're very they're very smart businessmen. They're, smart. they're not the UFC is not spending a cent to put that title fight on. Let me just, <laughs> let me just, you know, I'm not, I'm just taking a guess. Yeah. Ish. But yeah. the UFC is not spending a dime to put on Islam Magajib versus Charles Oliveira in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. You know, word on the street was that Fight Island was a beautiful situation for the UFC. A beautiful situation. Oh, without and, a doubt. Without a doubt. And for the fighters, though, you guys don't have to pay tax in Abu Dhabi if you fight, right? Where is that true? Pay tax when you have to Go pay tax. Home. You don't have to pay tax when you. So if you fight, um, if I fight in America, then I pay tax in America, but they give me a tax certificate. So then I don't have. Like you, obviously don't have to pay tax twice. You know what I mean? But obviously, if you haven't paid tax once. Then you have to pay tax where you're from. Yeah. Which yeah. when okay. I'm in New Zealand, it's pretty fuck high. New Zealand, <laughs> very high. Yeah, man. That tax shit, that shit fucks everybody up. Tax will get you. Yeah. Tax will get you. Yeah. Pay right. the tax, uh, man, though. Death and taxes, unavoidable. Exactly. And you will definitely go to prison for that. That's without a doubt. Um, of evading taxes. Uh, next week, the main event. Let's let's uh, talk about that and and shut shut the show down. Marlon Vera versus Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz still kicking around. Fifty five years old. No, he's not fifty five. But you know, he's been around for a long time. He's still really good. He's still competing at the highest level, even though he's gone through crazy surgeries. Just impressive, man. Um, the type of uh, career he's had. But Marlon Vera, man, right now he's he seems like. 
he's got that it factor. You know, like he's got something like in motion. His momentum is crazy. He's performing really well. He has big wins against big names. Now it's like, can he take out Dominic Cruz, a former champ? What do you think? Yeah, it's like big questions coming into this fight, right? Like, uh, I feel like we know what Vera brings to the table. Like, that's the danger of being Dominic Cruz, um, is that you've been around so long that people have been training to beat you for years and years and years and years. Like, everyone, like, I'm sure Myron Vera spent hours and hours before this fight was even um, conceived about how he was going to fight Dominic Cruz or how he was going to beat Dominic Cruz. It's just um, part and parcel with being at the top echelon for a long period of time is that everyone knows your game and, and your cards in and out. And that's kind of the position that Dominic Cruz is in. I feel like the game is is evolving, like footwork's evolving, and, and like his style of footwork needs adjustment. Um, you know, he's been caught out with that kind of, like he got caught out by Henry Cejudo, who... who kind of found the answer you step in a little deeper you you get him to react to your right hand you, he pulls that leg back and you can catch him with the low kick like as he pulls the low kick and he's got a speed to go like there's there's um evidence on how to break down and beat dominant cruz like what we need to see from dominant cruz is what i think he's capable of is adjusting he i feel like he's a very smart man he's one of the smartest fighters in mixed martial arts um and he just needs to show it in this fight he needs to show a new feather in it after all this time he needs to show a new feather in his cap and he needs to show that he's continuing to evolve with the sport which i feel like he's very capable of and i'm, I'm very excited to see it yeah me too um i mean yeah like you said lots of questions and those questions will be answered marlon vera is he ready for that 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 top echelons, right? That that title contendership. Is he ready for that? This fight will tell us if he's ready to face the the Peter Yans, the 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 Algerman Sterlings, right? Is he ready to face those guys? And, well, and Sean Vera... O'Malley's getting uh, Sean O'Malley's pretty hard. <laughs> and he made like pretty pretty quick work of him. You know what I mean? Like it's a funny it's funny how it plays out. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a. Uh... But then if Dominic Cruz goes in there and, and finishes Vera or beats him convincingly, then now Dominic Cruz is back in the mix and he's going to fight the winner of Sean O'Malley mm -hmm. and Peter, Peter Jan. But let's talk about that. Were you, were you like, what? Were you thinking like, I was thinking when they put that fight together, I was like, what? I was like, but it's, it's a good matchup. It's a good fight, man. I like it. I like that Sean O'Malley's, you know, facing the fire now, like he's gonna jump. But there's a I lot like of time between. I like, I like, I like the fight. It's just, yeah, like it's pretty cool. Like he's, um, I definitely respect how like Sean O'Malley plays the game. Like he plays it very smart. I feel like he's definitely got the skills. <clears throat> he's got the skills to to mix it up there with Peter Yan. Like, and I'm excited to see. I think like it's a good stylistic matchup. I feel like predominantly it's for them. <laughs> be a striking fight um yeah it's just funny how it came about you know like and and like he wasn't trying to insult Pedro Munoz like after their fight or anything like that like I just saw you could see what he was doing he was it the fans responded like it was a win it was obviously like the eye poke and it ended but it's like Sean O'Malley wasn't going to be 
I, I don't, I genuinely don't feel like he was trying to be disrespectful towards Pedro Munez, but he just understands how the fans think and how they react to certain things. And so he exploited that. He's a smart young kid. He exploited how the fans. So if he come out and he said, Pedro Munez was looking for a way out and he took the iPhone as a way out. He knows that 99% of Sean O'Malley fans are going to go, yeah, Pedro Munez was looking for a way out. Sean O'Malley was going to win that fight anyway. So he gets like the, the, the payoff of that. So it's just, he's a smart young kid and I definitely respect it. Yeah, I, I I really respect it. I'm really looking forward to seeing that that matchup. Uh, Sean O'Malley, man, jumping into the fire, you know, with all the people just saying that he, he was avoiding these fights. Now he's going to go head first. But there's still a lot of time between now and that fight. So hopefully it stays together and nothing happens. You know, no, <laughs> no one slips on a banana peel or, you know, Stubs their toe on the, on the on the coffee table or something. You know I've heard, I mean? I've heard, I've actually heard like local shows slipped in the shower on fight day three times. Jesus Christ! You think slipped after the over, first time? Yeah, slipped. No, I've heard it three different times. Slipped over in the shower, can't fight. Fuck. That must be a nothing a nice will shower. ever nothing will ever shock me. <laughs> yeah. For real. All right, guys. Um. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll be back uh, when we were when we're back. Ask Dan when's his next fight. We talked about that earlier. We rhymed that shit. And uh, if you guys got any comments, questions, or whatever, leave it in there, and uh, we'll get to it next week. Uh, yeah, that's something that I'll probably do. If you guys have questions, just leave it in the comments, and we'll get to those. If we don't get them, you know, during the show. Uh, yeah, be safe out there. And uh, Dan, let's uh, let's get this fight. UFC 281. November. November, baby. The style of Ben